Hello and welcome to this new podcast from the Diocese of Lansing here in Michigan. My name is David Kerr. I'm Director of Communications for the Diocese. It's good to have you here, albeit in uh, sombre circumstances as this land and uh, the world presently is afflicted by the pestilence that is the uh, coronavirus. And uh, we'd considered producing a podcast for some time now. And given those uh, circumstances uh, globally and locally, it seemed like the... Um, the appropriate time to, to to start this podcast to communicate with you with uh, uh, the news from this diocese at this present time, information, and hopefully amidst the darkness some inspiration as well as we stay close to uh, to to the good Lord uh, at these difficult times. Uh, today is the seventeenth of March, uh, the feast day of Saint Patrick. Normally a day of great celebration in this diocese and uh, and beyond uh, for the great patron saint of Ireland. Well, he was a Scotsman, of course, and uh, but uh, but not so today. Um, a letter was issued by Bishop Errol Boyer of uh, Lansing earlier today to the clergy and lay faithful uh, of this part of uh, Michigan, uh, which states uh, the following. Uh, Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, writes Errol, uh, Bishop Errol Boyer, after consultation with the priests of the diocese, who were of mixed mind on this matter and out of deep concern for the health of all our folks, especially our elders, and with due deference to medical and government authorities, it has been decided that all public masses, events and gatherings will be cancelled throughout the Diocese of Lansing beginning tomorrow, March 18th, lasting for now through Wednesday of Holy Week, April 8th. We will see at that time whether these plans will have to change. Very sad. So it's a very sombre and uh, significant day in the life of the Diocese of Lansing, the first time since the creation of the Diocese in 1937 that there's been a cessation in uh, Holy Mass being offered on a daily basis and on a Sunday basis. Uh, I'm joined by um, uh, the pastor of the very nearby uh, Church of the Resurrection, uh, Father Steve Matson. It's very, very good to have you here, uh, Father. Uh, as I say, very... Uh, somber uh, news. What's your reaction? Well, I uh, I appreciate the uh, the leadership that the bishop has shown. Um, I myself was of mixed mind and uh, of mixed mind myself, and I'm I'm sure that the the priests are wrestling with the same thing that the lay faithful are wrestling with this desire to be able to come together. Uh, my sense from having tracked uh, the news about the, the virus is that, that this is unprecedented and that we need to take what seem to be uh, extraordinary cautions. And so I'm grateful that the bishop has made, as hard as it is, I'm grateful that he's made this move. I think it gives people permission, not just a dispensation from the Sunday obligation, which the bishop communicated last week, but there are some people who... It wouldn't matter if they were sick and in their 80s. They would want to come to Mass. There, there's that sense of they love. And I, I talked this past Sunday about the reckless love that we have. And, and there can be a sense in which uh, we can endanger ourselves by even coming to Mass. And that sounds counterintuitive, but I think in this situation it's, it's accurate. And so the bishop, by having a cessation of public Masses, is forcing us to... Uh, 
get that Eucharistic hunger to grow, but also to be wise about how we can uh, help get through this as quickly or as painlessly as possible. And it won't be painless. I think all of us are going to suffer. We're going to know people that are suffering. And this really is, as the, as the experts are telling us, the way to, to make this more manageable for our healthcare workers and for the sickest among us. How do we make sense of this as, uh, as Catholics, given that the Eucharist is the source and summit of our faith? And uh, it's hard to imagine uh, life without uh, the Eucharist. How do we make sense of this? Well, I think you're exactly right that it is the source and summit. And what I very much appreciate about uh, what's happened since Vatican II is this, uh, the, the frequency with which people receive. Uh, it was before Vatican II, uh, people would be relatively reluctant to go to Mass. I think we can, in some respects, take advantage of the opportunity to go to, uh, not to go to confession so often. So I think there's a danger there, but this expectation that we would be able to receive our Lord. I, I think in times past, and even in, in places around the world right now, in Amazon, uh, the Holy Father talked about the fact that these brothers and sisters of ours do not have access. And the presumption is that we do want to receive. And I think the, the lay faithful uh, have that deep hunger. And I think the Lord is allowing it uh, to increase our hunger for the Eucharist in an ironic way. And I, I think none of us uh, who are dealing with the, this cessation of public masses uh, will ever take for granted or it's less likely that we'll take for granted the Eucharist again. Uh, it was sobering this past Sunday when I celebrated Mass to just a handful. Because you actually, I don't want to use the phrase jump the gun, you, but ahead of the curve, yeah. ahead of the crowd, but you actually cancelled public Masses this Sunday ahead of this announcement yeah. from the bishop. And the reason I did that is because I've been following this pretty closely, and I saw that these next two weeks were really instrumental in... Um, a window when, when people who are not asymptomatic can spread the virus. So for us to, I saw Saturday morning that despite my exhortations to those who were 70 and older not to come, or those who were sick not to come, they came Saturday morning to Mass. And I, I thought, they can't stay away. And so I decided, uh, and it was, um, I think, hard to, to decide uh, but I sent out an email to our email list at, at 6.30 in the morning saying, uh, just laying out what we would be doing. We would be live streaming the Mass, and we did that at the 9 o'clock and the 11 o'clock Masses. I would say probably only 10 or so people came, so that message got out. Uh, I think people posted it to Facebook, et cetera. Uh, but it was very hard, and to see the church empty, and, and to, but still to be able to communicate to the people uh, through the live stream. Uh, and to see how powerful it was for people at home watching, entering into the Mass virtually uh, was really poignant to me. And, and it, it actually caused me to, to value the privilege of gathering with the entire body of Christ. And I look forward to that again. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think, into, you know, without um, uh, breaking the sort of uh, uh, internal confidences of, of private discussions, but in here there was a deep, deep desire amongst the Curia to continue public masses um, for as long as possible, in fact not to cancel them at all if possible and certainly when the figure, as the figure was last week handed down by the Governor, Governor Whitmer of uh, Michigan, that uh, public gatherings could be of 250 people, we were thinking creatively as to how we could continue. Mm -hmm. um, them and the, 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 the CDC 
who have responsibility for public health in these matters, brought that down to 50. We were still trying to think creatively, and then when uh, President uh, Trump is not an exact federal order as, as such, um, but a presidential uh, suggestion, edict, <laughs> in these times, that we go down to 10. Uh, essentially, even if you have a public mass with 10, you're at the level of a, a private mass, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we, you know, we wanted to do everything we can in order to maintain public masses, but to do so in a sensible and safe way uh, in conjunction with the civil authorities and the health authorities. And and so we've found ourselves where, where we are uh, today. Given that you've got a few more days' experience of, of, of this than others, and masses in your uh, parish were cancelled from Sunday onwards, um, what was your experience of your parishioners watching via live stream? Well, for one, did did they watch via live stream? And well, if they and if they did, what was their experience? Yeah, yeah it it was rather surprising to me. So, I have an email, a regular email that I sent out. So we we posted the the live stream link on our website. It was easy to access, which I think uh, I I thank the the staffers at my parish, and. Uh, I would say that the live streams prior to this past weekend would see 30 or maybe 50, sometimes 75 views. But this past weekend, and and I haven't updated it, but at the end of the day, Sunday, over 500 had viewed. That that was how many streaming events there were, so or viewing events after the fact. So I don't know how many that represents, but our October count is is about 900. And so I would... I would say that we either had close to the same amount, if not more, uh, people entering in that way. Now, the question is, what will happen as time passes? There is a certain novelty, uh, but I'm, my sense is that people are hungering for connection. One of the things that I'm reading today is that uh, if we don't suppress, which is what the president was encouraging us to do last night, to... to uh, we could have huge numbers of people with the virus even by mid-June. So who knows how long this is going to last. I think we need to figure out ways to uh, to celebrate the sacraments but also to minister to our people. And uh, I would say that the people of God have thanked me, and I think they will thank the bishop for making this decision when they see how bad it will get. Okay, well, let's talk about some of the practical measures you're putting in place in your parish given uh, these developing uh, this developing situation. One of the things in the bishop letter, letter uh, which he stated uh, today and he stated last week as well, is that regardless of um, the status of the Sunday Mass, and we now know that the Sunday Mass will be, uh, and daily Masses will uh, be discontinued until at least uh, Holy Week, he wants churches to be open for private prayer so that people can spend time with the Lord Uh, truly present in the tabernacle or through Eucharistic adoration. Uh, What's your parish doing on that front? So, well, the church will be open every day. Um, We don't have a Mass on Mondays, regularly scheduled. So the the church will be open 7 to 6, which is basically what we had before. And then on Tuesday, the same thing. We'll end up um, uh, closing up the church at at, uh, right after... um, the Our Lady Perpetual Help Devotion at 6.15. I'll have people who just came to pray that, uh, and hopefully that'll be a small number. If it is larger than 10, I'll have to do a cessation of that, and we'll just live stream that. 
prior to the Mass, which will be at 6.30. Then after the Mass, um, the Eucharist will be exposed for an hour, as we usually do on Tuesday evenings, and then I will hear confessions, not in our confessional, but in another space where I've, I've uh, uh, instituted some procedures to make sure that, that I'm safe from the virus as well as the penitent, uh, just dealing with airflow and negative pressure in, in the space. And then uh, Wednesday through Wednesday through Friday, we'll pray the rosary before Mass, live stream that, and then have the live stream Mass after that. Uh, and then on Friday, we'll have adoration all day. Uh, we're asking people to sign up for that. And then uh, we'll go through the night, have benediction at 8 a.m., and then a private or live stream Mass at 8.15, and then the two Masses on Sunday that I will live stream. And Mass will be open. We'll have Vespers at 6.30 on, on Sunday. Uh, Gwen Christian, who is one of our um, uh, music ministers, is going to be doing a daily Facebook Live event at 1 p.m. with uh, Praise and Worship. People can log on to our Facebook page and join her in Praise and Worship for those who would like to do that. So this is what we're doing in terms of availability, uh, in terms of uh, accessing the church. And we have confessions Tuesday night, 7 to 8, Friday night, 7 to 8, and then confessions 9 to 10 on, on Saturday. And do you hope that um, this time, or I mean, it's it's Lent, so it's a time in the desert anyway, but my goodness, are we doing this on a, a very widespread public basis um, this year? Do you hope that this, you know, where sin abounded, grace did more abound, that spiritual fruits will come? Are you already seeing that spiritual fruit is coming from, 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 from this grave situation? I... I hear reports. I feel it myself. I hear reports. Uh, I, I have to say that, that, that I can only imagine the difficulties of young families not really being able to get together, and, and I, I can only begin to imagine how hard that will be. I also think about those who are, are alone, and especially if they're uh, over 70 or 80 and they don't have families. So we need to figure out ways to reach out to them. Well, what's your parish doing on that front, on that so, particular issue? So realizing that we would get to this place, we decided to a team pull a team together, and we've asked for volunteers who are below 60 and, and not dealing with any underlying health uh, issues to indicate their willingness to help out with practical needs, but also we're thinking, we're hoping to be able to, to take communion to individuals. We're, we're going to work out with Jeremy Priest uh, procedures that will allow that without putting any, uh, anyone at risk and perhaps distributing communion at the door of people's homes. So we've had 30 people respond to their, at this point, uh, to uh, indicate their willingness to help out with practical issues. Some of it is just making phone calls. In fact, we had a, uh, two women were spearheading this event, and they, they called. They got a list of everybody in the parish that's over 70, and, and um, they were calling them, just finding out what their situation was and if they had family in town, if they had any needs. And, and one, one report from one man in the parish says, you tell Steve this is the most loving thing he's ever done. And I, I didn't know if I should take that as a compliment or as a criticism. No, just kidding. But, but this, there's, a, there's a sense in which I think now is the time that we can actually shine as church, as the body of Christ, as the family of God, ministering to people in their time of need. And I see it as an exciting opportunity to have our people know what it really means to live the faith. You've obviously prayed about this. 
Uh, I'm not asking for private revelation because I'm not saying you've I'm not saying you've had any private revelations or to get into the realms of Gnosticism, but and it's very early on. But what do you what what do you think God is saying to us in these times? Well, as I have prayed about it, and and I don't I don't pretend to have a private revelation, but I do have a sense from the Lord that that this has humbled us. It's humbled me. Uh, we are not God, and we cannot guarantee our own safety. We cannot guarantee anything. We are, we are vulnerable in a way that we haven't realized before. We've always been vulnerable, but now we realize it. it we've been brought face to face. And I think the humility that the entire West is, not just the West, but the entire world, uh, it is an opportunity for us to get first things first. Let us pray, right? Let us acknowledge that we are not God, that there is a God. And he's allowed this for our good, lovingly. And I can see it, uh, but there's a lot of suffering. And, I, and the Lord is inviting us, all of us who are suffering in various ways, small and great, to join that suffering to that of Christ, to fill up what is lacking in his suffering for the sake of his body, which is the church. I was say, this is a new podcast. We've only just started today. It doesn't even have a name. I know that the new diocesan motto as chosen by Bishop uh, Boyer in recent weeks is Euxta Crucem Jesu, beside the cross of Jesus, which is taken from the Gospel of John. And obviously it refers to his blessed mother, who is the patroness of this diocese. And it seems that this is a time where we will uh, all be drawing closer and closer to the, the, the foot of the cross and bringing our own sorrows and sadnesses, and one of the staff members here said that the loss of daily masses, she's, she's beginning a grieving process. Uh, so please God, perhaps it draws us closer to the, the cross of Christ Indeed. Uh, in, in, in union with his blessed mother. Amen. Um, so I think that's um, all for now. Um, and uh, we will do the next podcast whenever we do the next uh, podcast. Um, I'm not sure when that will be, and uh, uh, but we'll try and make it uh, regular. We'll see uh, how you uh, react to this. If you find it useful, it's only here by means of a communication. Uh, if you find it useful, uh, if your family find it useful, if your parish finds it useful, and um, and if you do, that's great. We'll keep doing it, and if not, then we'll do something else. Um, uh, to conclude, it seems fitting, Father, if you could just uh, give those watching and listening uh, your, your blessing. Indeed. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God.